right, we're live at uh, Twin Peaks in Oak Brook Terrace. We've got a great, great crowd here, and there's still plenty of room for you. It is a Friday. Yeah, let them hear from you. It's Very a, interactive group. Yes, we've talked to a lot of people, uh, and it's a, a great spot to be at here. Well, Waddle, let people know what, what you guys have been doing for, like, the last hour. Nothing. We've just been talking to folks and acting like adults and behaving. And No, I mean, Danny Lynch and I have a little contest about trying to throw a, uh, a wadded-up piece of paper into each other's mug of beer. And obviously there's been a winner and a loser, and you can decide who's been the winner and who's been the loser. So here they've got the big beer steins. Of 29-degree ice-cold beers from Twin Peaks. And they come filled all the way to the top. And then they're wadding up a big napkin. It's like a, it's like a game you'd play at a local carnival. Right? <laughs> like when you try to shoot the basketball into the undersized rim and you get like a stuffed animal. It's comparable to that. Kind of like where you try to win the goldfish with a ping pong ball. Into exactly. The, yes. Yeah, something like you that. You throw the rings around the Coke bottles. It's almost like a beer pong game with actual exactly. beer steins yes. here. And so the, in, in this game, you guys are, in essence, what you're playing is you're trying to ruin each other's beer. That's the game, in essence. Oh, the loser's got a chug. Yeah, like Carmen Carcino's even now playing, trying to throw something yeah, into is. your beer. Yeah. And what it is is everybody's germs are on this wad, uh, wadded napkin, and it it's then tries to be thrown into your new beer. I've had all my and, shots. And then you won, and you threw it into Danny Lynch's beer, and the rules of the game is once it's thrown into Danny Lynch's beer, got a he, chug. he has to take out the napkin of his beer, and then chug the beer now, that the dirty wadded up napkin was just in. By the way, the dirty wadded up napkin, each one of them have probably touched the ground 12 to 15 times. That's my point. Yeah. This is living, though. Think where we were back in 2020. It's right. 2023. Oh, yes. we, yeah. are, we, are, we are fully back then. Some. Yes. Like, remember when the dumb questions we had were like, are we ever going to shake hands again? <laughs> yes. Are we ever going to hug again? Yes. Like, Listen, yeah, I, was on, I was on the side of, no, we're never shaking hands yeah. ever again. Mellor's <laughs> never shook my hand anyway, so not, what's the difference? Not only that, we're going to take wadded up napkins and we're going to be trying to throw it in yeah. each other's beer. Then based we're going to chug the beer. Based on what we've gone through the last two and a half years, I'm going to live, brother. This is fun. We are back. L I N. Yes. We live in. We've been back for a we while. We are back. Uh, let's bring in Field Yates, who is a great friend of the radio station, friend of the show, I think friend of the Bears these days as well. And he's on Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Is this any sort of a game that you would partake in in Bristol? Well, you guys have no idea the insane amount of jealousy that I'm experiencing right now. Because as you guys were describing how this game that may to some seem ridiculous and dumb is actually a perfect reminder that there wasn't a time, there was a time not that long ago where we would clamor to be in the company of others and have the opportunity to try to throw a piece of paper into somebody else's beer sign. I'm super jealous. I'm going to grab a beer and, and pour one out and toast all you guys after we have our conversation uh, I would love to one day be a part of a show wherever you guys are right now and come sit out, sit, sit and hang out for four hours. As a fan, if you want me to talk football, I'll do that as well. Yes. But uh, I am feeling the FOMO right now. 
Hey, listen, uh, the invitation is always there for you. I just, I'm living my best life, Field. I'm living my best life. Trying to throw a dirty napkin into one of our sales guys' uh, big stein of beer. That's how I do it on a Friday here in Chicago. Bobby, no one's better than you for that exact reason. Thank you. Uh, so let's start with the Bears, Field. And I, I'll always remember that once we got news that Ryan Poles was the general manager, that I always remember that you guys uh, came up through the business together. We put you on immediately. You told us. You gave us all the information on Ryan. Now we're a year into this thing. The Bears are the most salary cap room. The Bears have the number one pick. Uh, What do you believe uh, we have right now with the Chicago Bears in this offseason going forward? Opportunity. I mean, you just think about how handcuffed they were last year at this time. No first-round pick, limited cap space to work with. They had the ability to initially agree to a deal with Larry Ogunjobi, but that was going to be the only free agent splash they made. Obviously, that deal fell apart because of Ogunjobi's health. Uh, But this is just an entirely new landscape. There has been so much talk about needing to improve the surrounding pieces around Justin Fields, and now that can become a reality in a hurry. And there are three ways in which that can become a reality in a hurry. Obviously, the draft, which will always, always be the bread and butter of a Ryan Poles-led roster. And while fans may not necessarily love the idea of being patient with the draft, ask Seattle how important the draft is right now. A year ago, we were all calling them this franchise that was going to just sort of drift away into NFL purgatory. Instead, they had the best draft in the entire NFL, made the playoffs. Oh, by the way, they do have a top five pick because of the Russell Wilson trade, and we feel very different about their franchise. It can change the landscape of your franchise, a good draft, much more so than a good free agency period. But the Bears now have the ability to spend big in free agency if they want to. I've already heard Ryan Poles use the word discipline this offseason, that being said, I would be surprised if the, Bear, the Bears are just sort of spectators during free agency. I think they will be aggressive in spots that they believe are important to be aggressive. And then I think the third part, and this is always overlooked, and it's certainly the least sexy to fans, is guys getting better inside the system. I know the Chase Claypool underwhelmed after the trade, and I know Bears fans are probably lamenting the fact that they do not have the 32nd overall pick because of that Chase Claypool trade. I also know that Chase Claypool is going to be a lot more important to this Bears franchise than he was during the eight or so games in which he was on the roster this past year. So it's not hard to pinpoint the Bears as the potential 2023 Jacksonville Jaguars, the team that makes a massive turnaround because they have so many ways to get better in a hurry. Field, I'm glad you you mentioned uh, Chase Claypool and the patience that may have to be exercised to see whether or not he is the right guy for, for this spot. Uh, what type of leverage do you think Ryan has with the number one overall selection? And how has that been affected based on some of the other quarterbacks that may be available, whether it be via free agency or in the trade? Yeah, I think the great news for Bears fans is that the teams that I think are logical trade-up contenders could talk themselves into a veteran quarterback, and the names that we know are available as free agents include Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, I assume Geno Smith will be tagged. Same with Daniel Jones. So the crop of veterans will thin out pretty quickly. But if you're Indianapolis, is now the time to go and sign Jimmy Garoppolo to what will likely be an expensive contract, given the fact that he's coming off of yet another injury and you have gone three straight years 
with a different veteran starting quarterback, they have to be thinking young. Carolina Panthers, same deal. You have to be thinking young if you're going to spend big on a quarterback this offseason. And there are others that are either in the top 10 or close to it that I think will be logical trade-up candidates as well, maybe even the Houston Texans at number two. And there are some that are saying, why would the Texans trade up to number two if the Bears aren't going to take a quarterback at number one? And I think the answer is obvious. You're beating somebody else to the punch. And the reality with quarterbacks, especially in the draft, is that while you know when we do our work with Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, they may have a comparable grade. Maybe not the same, but a very close grade on somebody like C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. That doesn't mean that NFL teams view them in the same light as one another. I always say it's kind of like real estate. There might be five houses in the same neighborhood. They're all priced for about the same. But if the three of us go to that neighborhood and check them out, invariably we're going to like one of them more than the other. It's just how things work in evaluation. So I think the Bears do have a dramatic amount of uh, leverage, even given the fact that everybody probably assumes, and I would assume as well, that the Bears won't take a quarterback number one overall. So that number one pick could quickly turn into, you know, pick four plus a couple extra first-round picks or maybe a couple extra second-round picks and a future first-round pick. Lord knows, uh, the Trey Lance trade a couple of years ago showed just how much of a bounty you can get uh, for a high-premium pick. Field Yates from ESPN joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. I had a good discussion on Carmen and Yurko today about trading for picks versus trading for a player. And we were talking yesterday about Indy, a team that you just brought up. Michael Pittman's name has been brought up. Maybe Quentin Nelson. Um, There have been others on Indy's roster that Matt Eberflus... um, knows on defense that would certainly give the Bears an upgrade that they could trade for in addition uh, to some other picks. Do you do you like the idea of trading for players and picks, or would you only want to build through picks and get as many picks as possible? Good young players are attractive to me. And Michael Pittman, I would think that especially given the Colts' track record of acquiring wide receivers that – He's a virtual non-starter for them. But just to play that out, like if there's a, a young player that you can build a part of your roster around going forward, then unquestionably I would be interested in adding players to the deal. Uh, and, you know, the Bears are going to have the resources to afford whatever they would like to afford. It doesn't mean that they're going to pursue everything that people are going to suggest, right? Like, I don't know this. I'm not trying to say I have information one way or the other. But if DeAndre Hopkins becomes available via a trade, is that really the business the Bears want to be in? I know Justin needs help, but is acquiring a guy who's going to be 31, making $20 million bucks a year right now, really the way that you want to build this roster? Maybe I'm dead wrong, but that seems like an unlikely trade target, whereas anybody that's a young building block piece, because the Bears have the ability to extend that player with their current cap situation, to me, would be a logical candidate for them to potentially include or have included in a trade. I can't wait to see how that number one pick, I'm not going to call it a deal yet because obviously something has to get done, but uh, the various permutations that get discussed, how those come to life. Would, would Hopkins, I said this to Waddle the other day, Field, would Hopkins make more sense for a team like the Packers if Rodgers is back? Well, I'm, Bears fans are going to like this. I don't know how the hell Green Bay would afford that. Their cap is just, you know, Green Bay is basically going to be who they are. They'll do a little bit of window dressing. Uh, and if, if someone like DeAndre Hopkins is acquired, it's because 
they cut somebody else. It's really important to their roster. So the Packers are going to kind of be who they are. Uh, I know it's been a long time, but the Packers have been the leg up in the division. But, uh, you know, the Cows could come to roost this offseason in Green Bay, especially if, if Aaron Rodgers retires. And if he doesn't, it's still going to be a tight, tight cap situation for them to navigate. But if Hopkins becomes available, whether it's a team like Baltimore certainly could use a wide receiver upgrade. The Patriot could use a wide receiver upgrade. Those are examples of teams that I think are – either good enough or close to good enough where they could justify that acquisition and it fits within their current roster construction. Field, what, what do you think, Justin Fields? What do you think of Justin Fields? And, and wh- how do you believe he projects going forward in an offense that hopefully will have more around him next year and going forward? Yeah, well, I just, I mean, I think the world of him, I think he's awesome. I think he is one of the greatest things that has happened to the NFL this season. And I think that um, if you don't think that a big driving force behind what took place this year is a player's work ethic, then I think you're kind of just missing the boat on Justin Fields. So if we learned nothing else from Justin Fields, we know that he cares a ton about being a winning football player, even if the wins were not were hard to come by this year. He cares about being great, and he took major strides towards that greatness. Now, it's hard to judge Justin's passing proficiency this year because obviously the offensive line had some moving pieces, even though I thought Braxton Jones did. I mean, that's an admirable job for a fifth round pick was really, really solid as a rookie. And of course, more importantly, the pass catchers were not a deep group and they were impacted by the injury to Darnell Mooney and the relative lack of production uh, from Chase Claypool following the trade. Um, Sometimes it's easy to just, make these low-hanging fruit comparisons, but obviously Justin's growth in year two reminded some people of Jalen Hurts' growth in year two. Look what happened to Jalen Hurts in year three. I know that A.J. Brown was added, and that was a big reason why he took a step forward, uh, but also Jalen, just his determination to become a better player from the pocket really helped. And I think that while Justin's legs are always going to be extremely, extremely dangerous to opposing defense, where I think he gets even better in future years is he'll run, no doubt about that. But he can also beat you from the pocket. And at that point, when you're a defense facing a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, where he's at right now, and like where maybe Justin Fields can be by next season or shortly thereafter, your best game plan defensively might just be divine intervention. So what do you, so what do you, what do you say then to Field? What do you say to the people who call in and say he's just a running back? What do you say to the people who say keep the number one pick? And draft like uh, I, I think um, who said it uh, from ESPN? Someone said it. Tannenbaum. Uh, Tannenbaum, yeah. right? Uh, to, to draft a quarterback, Bryce Young at number one, and trade Fields. What do you say to the callers who call in and say that stuff about Justin Fields? You know, guys, just take this. Take the just like the talent acquisition part of it out for a second. How hard? And you guys are you guys are watching and listening to them every day. How hard is it clear that the Bears organization has worked to establish a culture in Chicago? To me, it is so obvious how much effort has been put into finding players that buy in and getting guys that believe. What would the locker room be like, whether it's a veteran, and there's not a ton of those left, but whether it's someone like Eddie Jackson to someone like the aforementioned Braxton Jones, like what kind of message is that sending about what, Everybody has been preaching for almost a year now inside your building. If you turn around, take a number one overall pick quarterback and trade Justin Fields. To me, 
it's basically asking for every player to demand a trade on the spot. So um, I, I understand, like, if you're just looking at these sorts of things from, like, an asset play, this is, like, money ball type stuff or, you know, Philadelphia 76ers process type of stuff. But I think it is completely ignoring the fact that, A, Justin Fields, we know is going to be really good, already is really good, and, B, that this is a human business. So I am completely out on the idea. I think it's ridiculous. I think the Bears, even if they don't get a trade partner for that number one overall pick, take the best player available. And if that guy is Jalen Carter, well, then here's what you do. You take Jalen Carter and you tell Aaron Rodgers if he comes back to Green Bay next year, you're going to hate playing the Bears because this guy has the chance to be the next in what has become an increasingly more important and potent position in the NFL, play wrecking defensive tackles. So I'm all out on the idea of trading Justin Fields and taking a quarterback with a number one overall pick. Completely out on it. So, Field, you believe in him. We believe that he's the guy you move forward with. You know Ryan Poles. Do you believe that Ryan, deep in his football heart, believes that Justin Fields is their guy for the next X number of years? I would think so. I, and, and I, you know, I certainly uh, I don't know that uh, there is reason to believe otherwise. I get it that, you know, it's not like Justin is quite on the level of Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, some of these kind of alien quarterbacks where you know they're going to be great for the next 10 years. You know, Joe Burrow's line recently that I loved when someone asked him about the Bengals having a window, and he said the window is my entire career. But if we're playing the odds here, I think that Justin Fields got, I mean, immense upside and clearly has established himself as the kind of quarterback you can win a ton of games with going forward. And if I'm the Bears, I, I would think that this year, no matter where they were last year in terms of belief, that this year only enhanced whatever belief they already had in Justin Fields. And is he perfect? No. And, and I get that. But, I mean – you know, I, I see you guys reacting, you know, especially Sylvie on Twitter on Sundays, and it's like, when was the last time you cared about a Bears quarterback like this? I mean, I don't know. Like, truthfully, has there been a more exciting Bears quarterback since, like, I, I really don't know. When was the last one? Like, McMahon? I don't know the answer to that. Like, it's well, been Cutler, a long time. Cutler provided Cutler, some, yes. I mean, excitement. We okay, cared, okay, but we don't you think this Cutler. is different? Yeah, it feels like the, the upside here is different, though, than Jay Cutler. Cutler, obviously, very you know, had some, some excellent years with, with Brandon Marshall and also Alshon Jeffrey. But it feels like even if it's – well, even if the answer is Jay Cutler, it's still been a decade since there was this kind of excitement surrounding a player uh, as the quarterback of this great franchise. So, um, I don't know, I think if I were to uh, build a roster right now and I had to do a quarterback draft for the next 10 years, I think Justin's probably cracking the top 10 or 12, and that might be way too low, by the way. So – um, I think uh, that there are potentially special days ahead here in Chicago. And um, I know I'm putting the cart before the horse here because no moves have been made yet. But, uh, you know, like there's a chance that in week one of, of 2023, we're talking about a team that has a legit chance to be that latest worst to first team in the NFL. It's great to hear you say that. Uh, uh, as far as the card for this weekend, we love uh, this weekend with two games on each day. Of the four games field, which one has you the most excited? Yeah, it's Bengals-Bills. And by the way, that's not to take away anything from the other three because you're right, just an amazing slate. And how about what they have to live up to after last year, which was the most, in many people's estimation, iconic weekend of playoff football, maybe ever, but certainly in a long time. But it's Bengals-Bills. Obviously, the game in Week 17 was not resumed after you know the tragedy on the field with DeMar Hamlin suffering cardiac, cardiac arrest. 
but uh, I am glad these teams uh, have continued to play good football since that time, and I just can't get enough of the quarterbacks in this matchup. Josh Allen, who sometimes can be a roller coaster ride, but man, when he is on, he is just as dominant as any quarterback in the NFL. And you know, Joe Burrow's confidence just—it's—it's it's inspiring. It's uh, sometimes it's quiet, sometimes it's understated, and then other times it's right out there in the open. And I think if I were a Bengals fan, like I might already have a couple of broken shoulder blades from running through brick walls. But these two teams, who each have an eight-game winning streak, and the Bengals is actually a nine-game winning streak coming into this game. To me, it feels like the headlining matchup in what could be, again, the best weekend by far of the NFL season. Uh, Field, which which Cowboys team shows up, in your opinion, for the final final game of this weekend? I think the one that's close to what we saw on Monday night. I think this Cowboys team could go in there and win the game on Sunday. Uh, I know the, the Sport Niners defense is ridiculous, but uh, this is an excellent Cowboys offense that has, I know Dak is, is an easy guy to, for whatever reason, Dak is an easy target. Uh, but the Cowboys at their best on offense, as we saw on Monday night, can just totally shred people. And, you know, Nick Bosa is just a ridiculous, ridiculous player on the field. But if the Cowboys with Tyler Smith and Tyron Smith can even give a little bit of help uh, to Dak Prescott avoiding Nick Bosa, this could be a night. You know, you don't run the ball against the 49ers. Like, don't even bother trying, which I'm sure the Cowboys will because they love to run the ball. But Cowboys have so much talent on both sides of the ball. And, if this game comes down to kicking, I know people are very nervous right now about Brett, 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 Brett Maher after last Monday night. And they, I think it goes the other way, guys. He's been awesome for them all year. And I hope for his sake he has that sort of baseball player mentality, like short memory. I don't care if you go 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. If you're up in the bottom of the ninth and you got a man on first down by one and you want to hit that walk-off home run, that's what the great ones do. And I think Maher bounces back on Sunday evening. Field, great stuff. We always appreciate your time. I hope fatherhood's going great. We appreciate you. Thank you, Field. Yeah, you're the best. I appreciate you very much. There you go, Field Yates, ESPN. Not only uh, great with fantasy, but uh, all over the uh, breaking news. Great follow on Twitter. Love his insight. Yeah, really, really good and very bullish on Justin Fields. Out of all the insiders, he was probably the most bullish on Fields. Makes you feel warm and fuzzy, He does, it? yes. Uh, you've got to be feeling warm and fuzzy about your position for Like It, Love It. We'll uh, have our picks coming up next for the NFL weekend. Uh, Then we've got what to watch for. And uh, then we'll preview the football weekend coming up at 5. We're having a blast. It's a Friday. You've made it to the weekend. We're out at Twin Peaks in Oak Brook Terrace. We're talking playoffs. Playoffs? Who are talking about? Playoffs? Live at Twin Peaks in Oak Brook Terrace. You kidding me? Playoffs? Chicago's home for sports and Twin Peaks bring you Waddle and Sylvie Live. Welcome to the divisional weekend for football lovers. This is ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. I like it. I love it. Just a little taste of it. Yep, like it, love it. Just a taste of it. Every Friday, 4.30, we make our football picks. I think I threw a shutout last week. I don't think I got a single thing right. Well, I don't think uh, many of us took advantage. I think I got maybe one point. I thought you had uh, a couple of... Did you have the only game I got right was uh, Dallas? I, I took the Cowboys against uh, Tampa, and I think that was my taste. 
Meller, you were very enthusiastic about your picks. I remember that a week ago. I was how'd ready for do? the playoffs. I said that's the only picks that mattered, right? And how'd you do? Let's ask Tyler. He's got the sheet back at the oh, shop. Oh, did you get, so, get a little, uh, little, little good stuff going on? Meller picked up three points. He hit Ooh. his love with the Giants. He was the only one that took the Giants after all of us hated on the Vikings all week. I didn't, yeah, I I didn't pick the game. No, no. He was the only one that picked the game, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I also had three points. I hit my like and my taste. Sylvie, you hit your taste. And Waddle, you had it right. You were shut out last weekend. So the standings right now currently sit Waddle with 52 points in the lead. Sylvie in second with 45. I'm in third with 44. And Meller's got 35. But again, in the lead in the playoff bracket here, Waddle. Plenty, yeah, exactly. Wow. Plenty of football. <laughs> Wait, well, hold on. Fifty-two for Waddle, forty-five for me. So mm-hmm. within seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, and is that catchable? I guess. I mean, yes, like of if course it, it is. Like if you, if I sweep and you're eight behind, right, Tyler? Yeah. You said, yep, I'm so one behind you, Sylvie. We've got three weeks of football here. I'm doing um, the advanced analytics here. Yeah, uh, well, Waddle, no, don't forget the Pro Bowl games. No, no, no. Pro Bowl is not flag a, football. No, there's no game. No, so no, there's what? It's there's, called the Pro Bowl game. There's seven games left. Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, there's but, only but, three weekends of football left. Right. There. We, we you still, guys are just dismissing the Pro Bowl games like they don't matter. Correct. They don't. Yeah. Um, but we will pick. Uh, we will still have three picks. We will just yes. have to figure out. It's got to prop it up. The Super Bowl, even though it's one game, of course, we still have to make three plays. Yes. Yes. So, Props, whatever you want. The Like It, Love It is brought to you by Keepers, Heart, Irish, and American Whiskey. You guys are chasing. Lights are coming on in the bar. You guys are chasing. This is, in, and it's a, it's a good spot that you go first because now I yeah, know you all can you, change. All your listen, picks. listen, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not changing my picks based on what Doug said. Doug said some things that make me a little bit uh, antsy about some of the decisions I've come to. My like is the Bengals getting five and a half in Buffalo. I get it. The Bengals' offensive line, they've, they've struggled. Uh, but as Doug said, they've won eight in a row. The Bills have won seven in a row, I think. Uh, Bengals are very confident. Their quarterback is savvy and good. I just think five and a half is too many. Maybe Buffalo wins the game. I, I believe that the Cincinnati Bengals keep this game tight. So I'll, I like the Bengals getting five and a half. Thinking about this because that was going to be my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, like I, it's too far apart, and there are too few picks for Listen me to, to go there. You could do worse than picking Buffalo at home in a playoff game. You're, you know, you're right, and I'm thinking about doing that. I really am. But then if I lose that, that that's a big. That's so I'm thinking about playing a different game. Interesting. Manipulate. Are you playing I, offense or defense? You know what? Right I, I'm just gonna move up my taste, and I'm gonna make it my like. That's what I'm gonna do in the meantime, and I'm gonna listen to all all of your picks. Um, Quit I, looking at my picks. Uh, last week I rode the Cowboys, and ride uh, them, Cowboys. And I knew that they were the better team all year than Tampa, and I'm going to use that same philosophy this week. The San Francisco 49ers have been the better team all year. They have been the more consistent team all year. Um, the Dallas Cowboys have two less days to rest. They have traveled across the country as well in a short amount of time. I do know that the Cowboys played very well. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give them the four, and I like the San Francisco 49ers. That's my like, the 49ers. 
Sylvie, I'm going to use this. You had me going there. I thought you were going to take the Cowboys. And no. all of a sudden, you. No, I use the same philosophy that I'm taking just the better team. Gotcha. And not the hotter team or whatever. I'm taking the better team. Sylvie, I'm going to use a similar philosophy for you, but I'm going to use it with the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. I know the Giants did it against a very suspect defense last week. This Eagles defense is for real, though, so give me the Eagles minus 7.5 at home. And don't forget, they blew the doors off of New York earlier this season as well, 48-22 to in the Meadowlands, too. Interesting, Tyler. Here comes an enthusiastic Jeff Miller. Fresh off the bye, boys. The Kansas City Chiefs are hosting Jacksonville at Arrowhead. Everybody is all smitten with these Jaguars because they've come back from that deficit, and everybody loves Trevor Lawrence all of a sudden. The Kansas City Chiefs, my friends, I think they are going to be playing in the Super Bowl. I think they're going to thump the Jaguars. I'll go ahead and lay nine points. you say hump? Thump. Oh. No, he said hump. I like the Chiefs minus nine. I love the cut of your jib because I love the Kansas City Chiefs giving nine to the Jacksonville Jags. I just think the step up in class will be too much for Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. As you heard, I think Doug say earlier in the show, uh, maybe it was Carmen that said, I think it was Carmen said the Chiefs basically had their way with the Jags earlier in the year. I believe the Jags win this game by between 13 and 17 points. I love the Chiefs. Excuse me, the Chiefs. I love the Chiefs. This is good because this is where I'm making my move here. Here we go. With Tyler and with Waddle. Um, I'm going to go oppo of what Tyler said, and this was always going to be my love. Um, I think the Giants are going to keep things close here. We were just talking with Team Mongo over there. I think the Giants keep this thing close. I know they were blown out in the regular season. Jalen Hurts is not healthy. And I think they're going to take the run out of the game. And I think it's going to hurt their offense big time. Brian Dable's got his team ready to play. This is going to be a close game. I love the New York Giants to cover the 7.5. They've had a chance to win. I think the Eagles are going to eke this out. But I love the Giants with the 7.5. All right, Sylvie, we disagree on that game, but I am going to agree with you on your like. I am going to take the Niners minus four. The defense for them is something that's really intimidating, and Brock Purdy just keeps throwing for multi-touchdown games and 300 yards, so give me the Niners minus the four. Okay. Waddle, four miler. I love your like, my friend. The Bengals are, as you said, getting five and a half points in Buffalo. They were, in my opinion, on their way to winning that game on Monday Night Football before it was abruptly stopped because of the tragic events that happened to DeMar Hamlin. But I think they are perturbed by the situation, and I don't think the Buffalo Bills have been playing very well. They've been eking it by lately, especially last week against the Dolphins, a game, a team that had no business hanging around in that game. I love the Cincinnati Bagels getting five and a half. I think they might win this game outright. Ooh, I think they may as well. Uh, well, you're going to like this play. Uh, if you're looking to, to make up ground, I'm for my taste, I'm taking the Cowboys in the points. Like, I am cheering for the 49ers, and I believe the 49ers will win this game, but I think it's going to be close. The Dallas Cowboys have the capacity, the talent to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Will they? I don't know, but they can. So if you give me a team that is comparable to the 49ers and four points... 
I'll take the points. So uh, my taste is the Dallas Cowboys getting four in Santa Clara. This week, Waddle, you will either extend your lead over me by a, a lot and probably clinch it at least over me. Or this will be a really close week because of where we're going. That's like, where we, that's we've all been be. different, yeah. And uh, my taste is going to go up all of you, too. Um, give me the Jaguars. The Kansas City Chiefs have not been good with as a big favorite. Most games, they have kept things very, very close, even against teams like the Texans. So I, 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 I'll take the nine. I'll roll the dice here. Give me the Jags and the nine. Doug Peterson knows Andy Reid well. And and you know this. You know Jags well. Trevor Lawrence. I do. I'm King Jack. Um, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence has never lost on Saturday. Did I you know, know that, yeah, one? I, I didn't know that. He's yeah. never lost on that, Saturday. You know what? That is the, never. That's the crowning beat, uh, uh, bit of info for, for the pick. That's, that's gambling right there. Yeah, that is. That's I like gambling. That. All right, gentlemen, for my... Flip the coin, buddy. Did you know that, Tyler? I did know that. You know how we have a dumb court uh, for the dumb crimes? That might go under uh, dumb uh, stats for the the dumb picks. This is the new... uh, Trevor Lawrence never losing on Saturday is the new... Did you know Matt Stafford and Clayton Kershaw went to high school together? Or they're from that same high school? I did know that. Yes, I did know that. Yeah. Thank you, though. Thanks for the reminder. Dumb court. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For my taste here, I am going to take the under on Cincinnati and Buffalo. The total is set at 49 right now. You know, the Bengals have the offensive line injuries. That could lead to a lot of long fields because of some negative plays in that game. And then also... Or it the, could lead to some sack fumbles and defensive scores. It could. Or some pressures that would lead to interceptions. It very well could. But I will also say this. Buffalo and Josh Allen's turnover problem, yes, he does have a a tendency to give the ball away a little bit as of late, but a lot of that happens in the red zone. Five of his 14 interceptions this year have taken place in the red zone. That's the most in the NFL. So give me the under in this one between Buffalo and Cincinnati. Interesting. For my taste, gentlemen, I'll... Bring it home, Miller. I'll close it out with the nightcap of the divisional playoff round. It's the Niners and the Cowboys. I personally just taste on the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan knows Dan Quinn, the D.C. of the Dallas Cowboys, very well. And even though I think Brock Purdy may turn into a pumpkin before these playoffs are over, I don't think it will be this Sunday. I think the 49ers skill position players are too good. Just a taste on the 49ers laying four points. There you go. All right. Like this, it. Love it. This competition could draw very close. Yes, it can. Very close. Could this be a turning point or, week. Or, or it could be you could lights be up out. by like twelve. Could be lights out. Fifteen. It could be lights out. Or it could be lights on. Everyone's dancing, except Meller because he's too far out. He's got no chance. Like statistically, the playoffs. I'm looking to win the playoff round. Statistically, he's, all I he, hear about. he's been eliminated. I'm you know trying what? to win the playoffs. You have been eliminated. I'm winning no, the playoffs. Do you know what Meller's trying to do? He's trying to build a winning culture. <laughs> Thank you for first next year. So well said, exactly. But you know, like someone like you, because it'll definitely carry over to next season's picks. But someone like you again, like you're so damn good at fantasy football. It's been a rough year with picking games. I'm not gonna lie. Well, you did have the wins pool victory. Yeah, he did win that. Wait a minute. Have we resolved that? 
We've never had that conversation. Maybe that should what we that maybe that's what we should do next. We should do that at five. We can do that, and we have to let Jake sweat too about the Cowboys. Yeah, we have to do that. We could do all that. It's all football stuff. Football. All right. Coming up next, what to watch for? It's one of my favorite things, and I'll tell you what. Everyone is giving Waddle the crown as a king streamer. King streamer. I was King Streamer in a bathroom just at the last break, too. I was in there for like four minutes. It's got a double meaning for sure. Waddle, King Streamer. What to watch for next. Can this weekend's games match the fun and intensity of last weekend's games? We, We do not know. But we can talk about it over a beer. Live from Oak Brook Terrace in Twin Peaks, this is Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie get you set for your weekend viewing with What to Watch For. What to Watch For every Friday, one of my favorites. Brought to you by Connie's Frozen Pizza, our favorite. We call her 10 and 20 right now. Are we taking two, Tyler? Is that right or is that from last week? Uh, this week, just call her 10. Just All right, call, call, 10 call her 10 right now. You'll win free pizza from Connie's Frozen Pizza. 312-332-3776. I like this new way of doing it, too. Not only does Connie's Frozen Pizza bring you what to watch for, but they will bring you free pizza to one of our great fans. And uh, we spread it around a little bit here. And uh, King Streamer over here. I'm out of shows. Um, I will say... Oh, you're going to go sports? You're going to go, I'm watching football? What? King Streamer? Um, I built you up as King Streamer, I, and, and I'm now going, you're going to go I'm with, I'm watching you, football? Two of, the, two of the shows I gave you last week, they were home runs. The first episode, season two of Your Honor and Mayor of Kingstown. If you haven't seen them, I recommend that you do invest the time and get in front of your television and watch them. I'm going to give you a movie that is out with Christian oh, Bale. Okay, that's good. You're not out. Oh, thanks, Dad. Appreciate you. Appreciate your support. Uh, the Pale Blue Eye. It's a met, uh, a Netflix movie. It's a murder mystery with Christian Bale, who's one of the uh, better actors of our, our times. Um, there's an Edgar Allan Poe reference in it. Uh as I said, I've run out of shows, so now I'm looking to the movies, and this is a movie that I'm going to watch this weekend. It really is tough to to continue to play at your pace. You're like an NBA player who needs a little load management. Right yeah, I do. Now. I do. <laughs> yes. Like, I've watched them all. I watched the entire series of a show called Treason. I wouldn't recommend it because I didn't think it was that great. Five episodes, 45 minutes apiece. Knocked it out all on Wednesday night. All of it. I, I watched uh, last week. Remember, I told you the um, the hitchhiking documentary. The hitchhiker, I watched it as well. Did you? It was good, wasn't it? It was solid. Yeah. Do you rem- Do you sort of yes. remember oh. the sensation yes. he was? Of he was like Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. And it's an hour and twenty minutes documentary. In and out. You're yes. in and out of this thing. It was pretty crazy story. Yes. Um. So uh, just to follow up as to like some of the things we recommend, and then we watch it. Whether or not it was good. Meller scared me away from this. And I, di- I was going to recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I didn't recommend it because of Meller saying that he didn't love it. But then Waddle told me that he did like it. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to start watching this. It's 
the Bernie Madoff series on Netflix. I don't think anyone's recommended this on what to watch for. Um, and again, it's it's not a documentary, right? It's it's acted. It's a combo. It, it's it's co- yes, it's a combo. It, it, it's like a docu. How do they call it? what a docu series? Sure, I don't know. What, yeah, what? The, the one thing I'll say is um, I don't. I didn't dislike it. But my only thing was I thought it was – and this is, I think, Netflix's problem, or maybe they just don't give a damn. They make everything too long. They want you to keep yeah. watching shows on Netflix. They want Waddle to keep watching and plowing through five episodes of a new series in a night yeah. and just keep using their service. I thought it could have trimmed the fat a little bit. Yeah. It was still good. Okay. I just found myself you know, looking at my phone. I find that to be the time. case with shows like this versus other shows that are series. It's yeah. only four episodes. So yeah, no, again, it was it's a little bad. long. It's not a not not very long. So I'm, I, I watched the first episode. I liked it. I'm going to dive in because I'm interested in that story. Yeah. I know about it. I don't know the exact details about it. So I want to learn more You'll about like, it. Yeah, and it's definitely very informative. You you come away thinking, I can't believe that, that it How went this right? far. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Uh, for my what to watch for the first episode aired on Sunday, boys, The Last of Us on HBO. I watched it. I wanted to see if I liked it before I recommended it. The first episode hooked me. Another uh, kind of a horror, kind of sci-fi thing, right? Apocalyptic, end-of-the-world style uh, show. Stars Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. Again, one episode in, the the next episode airs. It's going to be on Sunday nights on HBO going forward. Has there only been one episode? Only one episode. And I will say the first episode... Not a whole lot of questions were answered, but it definitely lured me in, so I'm definitely looking forward to Sunday's second episode, The Last of Us. So this is one of those HBO Sunday shows Correct. in those in that primetime area? Yes. So that's where they put their best shows, yes. right? Now, the only thing that made me reluctant initially is it's based on a video game. So I wasn't sure. Here's the, the thing, though. Yeah. Mel, because that was going to be mine, too. You don't have to play the game to no, understand No, not it. at all. You're right. You're right, Tyler. I gave out one recently or watched a show recently that was a video game based on a video game as well. Yeah, my only concern was, was the source material going to be enough for me to be interested? But the first episode definitely hooked me. Did you watch the first, Tyler? I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my to-watch list. I know my roommate watched it. Um, Another suggestion that I have, too, uh, I don't know if any of you guys watched Drive to Survive, the F1 show on Netflix, but they just started one with tennis, too, called Breakpoint. Yes. And then there's another one with uh, golf coming out in February, I believe, too. What is uh, it Breakpoints on Netflix, right? Yes. Yeah, it, it's it's uh it's it follows uh ten- high high ranked tennis players, although not like the very best. And um, yeah, it's just like Tyler said, like the F one, you know, that, that garnered a lot of interest and has actually propelled F one to this new like a lot of people like swear by F one now. Oh, they wake up every Sunday Netflix morning series. Yeah, mm. and I think uh, well, Break- there's some of the highest paid oh, yeah. athletes. Yeah, in the, the entire world, right? Michael yep. Schumacher was. There were Max others. Verstappen, yeah. yeah, like Lewis they make more money than yep. most. Yes. All right, there you go. That's a good round of what to watch for. Again, brought to you by Connie's Frozen Pizza each and every Friday. All right, let's get into the uh, NFL weekend. Uh, we will try to figure out uh, a solution. Go figure. Meller and I are debating something over money. <laughs> Have you heard that before? A wind's pool controversy amongst the show. And then how bad has your fandom led you to issues watching a game? And I'm talking about, like, making you 
making the actual enjoyment into making you sick. Has that happened to you watching your favorite team? It has for one of our producers. We'll get into all of it in the 5 o'clock hour. It's coming up next.